What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. I literally hit you, and also you're too far away for me to hit you. So You could post it. All right, that's fair. FedEx so for the, you know, you know one of FedEx those cartoon it. boxes where, where, where the boxing glove comes out on the end of a spring, you know those things? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'll have to get my, my Acme membership started again. Yeah, that's it. Wiley Coyote, I think you can use his login. <laughs> well, for those who are joining me and wondering what the fuck is happening right now, you are right in the middle of me meeting my new best friend and falling in love with G from Kixino. G, G, you're just awesome. And I'm so excited to talk to you. I am. You're quite right. I'm also extremely humble. Yes. It's, it's the humility that. that people fall in love with. I think so. I think it's that. And just, you're so quiet and shy and introverted. I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I'm shy and retiring. You need to coax me out of my shell, Megan. Can you do that? That's my job. That is my job. Yeah. Well, we don't have the alcohol, so we'll try our best. But G is the oh, CEO of Kixino, an award-winning marketing agency that helps startups and small businesses grow awareness, reputation, trust, and as needed, sales a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing, which sounds very, very fancy. She oh, is, is also- extremely fancy. Do you have like a crest? I do. It's tattooed, but I can't show you because it's a fashion. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, maybe that'll be like stop sucking a business nights after hours. We do it after the watershed or something. Do you have watersheds in, in the US? You know we what do. I mean? You know, once, once, the kids, once the kids have gone to sleep, then, then we can do, you know, R-rated stuff. <laughs> Right. Fantastic. Gee, I can't even get through your bio because I'm having so much fun with you. Well, you're hopeless, Megan. Come on. It's not your first I'm a, rodeo. I'm a terrible, I'm a ter I know. I'm a terrible host. But can I just tell everybody, you're a visiting professor at a European business school teaching final year MBA students on marketing and behavioral economics. Gee, please help us figure out how to market in a world that is beyond fucked thanks to covid and and just life covid climate change the world gee you're here to impart your amazing wisdom onto us and i am so thankful for that well with that sort of build up where do we go from here i think it's downhill all the way really isn't it 
that's it. <laughs> I've said it. I know. Well, thank you. Thank you yeah. for watching the show. Yes. Yeah, it was good. Jeez. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Please like us on whatever podcasting application that you use. <laughs> po- Pocket Cast is my favorite. Can I plug Pocket Casts? I don't get any money from Please. them, but I think Pocket Cast is awesome. They've just been bought by Matt Mullenweg, you know, the automatic guys. WordPress guys. Oh yeah, the WordPress. Yeah. Anyway, that's nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry, I'm going off at tangents already. Um, this is either yes. the best episode or the worst episode. I can't quite decide, but I hope it's best. Two sides the same coin. That's true. G, tell me how you got started in this crazy, crazy world of marketing. <sighs> what a question. Well, I used to be the CMO for a software company in Europe and I was there for seven years and um, what happened really was that I got to the point where I was we'd we'd done a lot of work in a very short space of time but the company was growing at a certain rate and was restricting us as a team me as an individual in what we could do next, because obviously revenue had to sort of catch up with what mm-hmm. we were doing. Um, at the same time, um, I was looking around and I was seeing this thing called the internet. I don't know if you've heard of it, right? But, you know, it was um, vaguely. Nerds yeah. are on it, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's all GeoCities. I mean, you may have heard of it. Oh, right? oh, oh. <laughs> it's still my heart, my GeoCities page. Yeah. So the the internet was was coming on board and actually getting a little bit more prevalent within our daily lives because um you know we weren't necessarily using dial up as much you were you know you having the advent of broadband you know this was still pre smartphone era um but we could already see that the big brands the big guys were taking over, monopolizing to a certain extent, the commercial possibilities of the internet Mm. uh, because they had the wherewithal, they had the deep pockets and the resources to do that. Um, And at that same time, small to medium-sized businesses who where the internet as a communications and commercial channel could revolutionize the way that they do business weren't really getting a look in. Right, and there wasn't really the um, provision of a, uh, a a service or a outlet f- to enable them to empower them to leverage the power of the internet in their daily business lives. So I figured, hmm, opportunity there, okay, and mm-hmm. so. Um, at the beginning of 2008, me and two others, um, I left the plush, cocooned world of corporate CMO ship um, and, you know, the company BMWs and the expense accounts and the mm-hmm. international travel and the hot and cold running room service and all that sort of good stuff, right? Um, and we started the agency, like I said, in 2008, which, as you'll remember, was not exactly the best year to start a marketing agency. Yeah, I think that that was probably 
a good idea to get started right then, right when we're about to just burst the bubble. Not my best business decision ever, Megan, I have to tell you. I'm quite open to admit it. Um, But, you know, thanks to uh, a prevailing wind and um, some extremely uh, wonderful clients, we weathered the storm and we came out the other end. And at the beginning, as I said, at the beginning, there were three of us. 14 years later, down the road, we're 19 people in nine countries. Nine of us are in the U.S., the rest are in Europe, South Africa, and I have two people in Australia. And that is us. In in terms of clients, uh, even though the headquarters is based in uh, in Europe, around 90% of our clients are in the US. Hmm. Don't ask me why. I don't know. This, uh, Like I said, this interweb thing is pretty darn awesome. Um. And um, primarily startups and small businesses. So small businesses under around 30 people headcount, something like that, mm. um, that sort of size, because we're a small agency and we we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket, you know? So um, we, try, we try to spread the love, you know? We just want to sort of go all in with one. Um, and, yeah, we love it. It's absolutely awesome. That's fantastic. I love that. I love the passion that you have behind it. I think that that is the people who help small businesses. I think some do it as a means to an end and they usually burn out, but the ones who love it are just, you hear it and you see it, you know? And so it, it's nice to see you light up when you're talking about it. Well, I'm a small business myself, Megan, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to look after our own, don't we? Because nobody That's else right. will. No. And That's you know, we're, we're, you know we're, we're, all, we're all on the same side. So, you know, if I can help, I will. Um, mm-hmm. If I can get paid as well, then all the better. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> all the better. <laughs> yeah. But if I can, I will. Um, because, I, you know, I think, especially if you're a small business owner, it's a very lonely place to be. Okay. True. If you've got a team, there are certain things that you can share with that team, but there are certain things you can't share with that team um, mm. for various reasons. And if you're a sole proprietor um, and you don't have a business partner that you can confide in, sometimes you just need to have a soundboard, you know? I'm not talking about mentorship and coaching and all that sort of stuff, but just somebody who's been there, done that. I've started, th- you know, I've started three startups myself right in my mm-hmm. career so i've i've been where these people are right i don't have all the answers but if i can you know impart some of the experiences that i've had along the way that you know maybe help clarify the situation to somebody then then great you know it's, it's mm-hmm. like i said it's a it's a soundboard it's a it's a conciliary you know it's like uh, robert <laughs> duval in the godfather right that's me right <laughs> Ap- apart from the ending bit obviously and you're not really holding any kind of cue cards on your stomach for me to read. So that's another part too. No, 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 no. But yeah, that, that, you know, if, if, if you sense the passion and, you know, very perceptive of you that you did, um, it is, it is, it's true. We, we live it and we breathe it and we do it every day. And, um, 
this is why I get so frustrated mm. very easily, unfortunately, by the disinformation, misinformation, and out-and-out horseshit that is spouted by so-called marketing expert gurus, not mentioning any names. Oh, I really want to mention some names now, but I won't. <laughs> um, oh, if you can, if you can hear that, ouch! That's me biting my tongue. Mm. Um, Email people for names. Just, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Get get in touch, and and I'll, 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 we, we'll talk. Um, That's right. Who are just spouting just so much crap? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the you know, there's 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 two sides of the coin, obviously, right? So, you know, post COVID, there's an opportunity for for marketers to rethink the way they've been doing things um, up until now. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps because we as marketers were we're looking at everything from, you know, two inches away from our nose and we were too close to the problem to be able to see what was going wrong. Um, and I think there has been stuff going wrong because I think a great many marketing and sales efforts have been generating smaller and smaller results mm-hmm. for a very, very simple and I think obvious reason which is that most marketing sucks. It just absolutely sucks. It blows chunks. And worse than that, many marketers, and and indeed many agencies, have become lazy. Mm. And as an agency, I I would contend that these agencies haven't been doing their jobs properly because – for far too long, many marketers have been hiding behind data in effort to excuse the poor results they get. Mm. Now, interesting. so diminished responsibility through plausible deniability is the phrase that my friend Graham uses a lot, which is great. Um, Because as it, it seems to be, especially within a corporate environment, as long as you can show the numbers to support your decision, you can't really be held accountable for the results. Mm. You can say, well, this is the data. The data has led us this way. This is why we did this. And if it all went mammaries vertical, if you take my meaning, yes. then um, no one gets fired. And I just think that's absolute lunacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so over recent years, certainly the last five, ten years, effective marketing has been eroded more and more um, by the over-reliance of people who call themselves marketers, because I don't think I could call them marketers, people who call themselves marketers because of over-reliance on the over-reliance of data to the mm. exclusion of ex- of extracting sensible insights of that data and transla- translating that into buyer behavior, right? 
So I'm, I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying data-driven marketing is a load of... Shit. Exploit. Okay, thank you. Right? You're welcome. I'm not. Because it isn't. It very much isn't. I mean, our agency uses uh, data every day, all day, every day. But what I'm saying is that data-driven marketing assumes a consistent action-reaction model for the audience. Mm. This, <clears throat> I, we have to go into economics a little bit here, okay? Oh, so, all right, uh, here we yeah, go. I'm sorry. Strap okay, in, folks. Yeah, for, fast forward this bit. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, so the standard economic theory of how customers make buying decisions, right, how they think, how they decide, how they act, it bears very little relationship to what goes on in people's minds in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, as an industry, we've reached the point where making a marketing decision based on assumptions of the emotional reasoning of the client is somehow seen as being less valid than assumptions which are based on logic okay we, analyzing we the rational irrational reason. yeah mm-hmm. but we're applying rational thought rational reasoning rational sequential logic to a target to an audience, to a human being who is anything but rational. Mm -hmm. We are not rational beings. Mm -hmm. And and this is why I get into this data thing, you know, hiding behind the data. You know, if you try something based upon logic and it doesn't work, you can blame the data and everybody will forgive you, right? But if you start looking at customer behavior and you look upon – like psychological reasoning for why customers buy things, why customers choose things, how they even select things, pricing, context, um, differentiation, all of this sort of stuff. If you make assumptions based on that psychological reasoning and it doesn't work, you'll get the blame. Mm. And I think that there's 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 a, a growing disconnect between what... MarTech is doing and what marketing, capital M, is doing. Because, again, these people who call themselves marketers don't seem to bother with the basics of marketing and they move straight to tactical execution, right? So there is no strategy. As a strategist, you know, you must be crying into your beer every night. Um, It's a margarita, but uh, yes, agreed. Well, well, I want to talk. Did, I want to talk to you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go on. No, I was just oh. going to say this. There's, there's little thought or foresight about the only thing that actually matters in the grand scheme of things, which is the customer. Yeah. That that's all I was going to say. Well, and to that point, I think that you know we're talking post-COVID marketing, but also we're talking about marketing in an era where people are especially um, uh, critical of the ways that a business is run and the ethos or the, you know, the stands that these businesses take regards to Black Lives Matter, um, LGBTQIA, you know, these kind of things. So for, let's say, a sole proprietor or someone who is either just getting started or they have a very limited budget, both 
time and money. How do you start thinking about marketing in today's world that is effective and helps you stand out in this kind of just clusterfuck of social media and content and things? Well, I think it goes back to, to, to what I just said. It goes back to what's missing from most marketers' toolkits is an implicit and fundamental understanding of human behavior, of the customer. Okay? What drives the customer? Now, some people call this behavioral economics or behavioral science, but at the end of the day, it's nothing more than psychology. I mean, it's just a new name, right? It's psychology 2.0, but it's the same thing inside, right? Um, and I think the, 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 the post-COVID world gives us such an opportunity to throw away all of this assumptions and cruise control type marketing process work busy work mm -hmm. and actually focus a lot more on what's driving the customer okay mm. and i mean if if we just take if we just take pricing okay lots of small businesses and startups and small businesses are automatically looking to discount their product even before they've you know, finish their sales pitch half the time mm -hmm. because they they think that the roads to growth is through discounting. The problem is as soon as you discount, it's expected, right? So right. once you get 10% off, I want 10% off for everything. So what are you going to do? Put, put the prices up 10%, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, instead of focusing on price, it's focusing on value. I mean, you know, it's it's tried and tested marketing theory, right? I mean, it's I'm not rewriting any rule books here. You know, instead of instead of looking at trying to make your products cheaper, look at ways to make your products seem cheaper. Mm. Right? Like, give me give you an example, right? So, Please. twenty years ago, if I was Howard Schultz, and I said to you. I'm going to start a chain of coffee shops and I want you to come into my coffee shop and spend seven bucks on a cup of coffee, which you'll get in a paper cup when you could make a perfectly decent cup of coffee at home for maybe mm -hmm. 35 cents, right? You'd look at me and say I was off my head, right? Say I'm barking mad, <laughs> right? But contextually, clearly... If you look at Starbucks's share price, they're doing thank you very well, right? Right, right. Um, another example, if you look at coffee capsules, Keurig capsules, Nespresso mm. capsules, these sorts of things, right? Um, sorry, I've got a coffee fixation at the moment, so maybe that's something going like Right, so those, caf those, those capsules are about 40, 45 cents each, something like that. But that's seen by buyers as being reasonable, right? But if if you if you had a jar of whatever's inside those capsules and you filled up that jar with like a hundred Nespresso capsules, right? Mm -hmm. 
no one's going to pay 40 bucks for it, are they? Right, right. See what I mean? So the perception of everything, including price, is hugely context-dependent. And it's worth noting that as human beings, we're often not aware of our deep-set motivations because from an evolutionary standpoint, um, it pays to have those sorts of evolutionary motivations opaque to introspection. Mm. Um, it's very important from evolutionary theory, but it's also re- important to remember we do not perceive the world objectively. Okay, so you can ch- pers- you can change the perceived value of something not by changing the thing itself, but by changing the context to which is perceived. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, take what we're doing now, right? At the moment, we're doing a video conference. Okay, mm-hmm. now, video conferencing isn't new, right? Skype's been around for like twenty years, right? Zoom's been around for like ten years. Right, but if if two years ago you were at a company and you had a big uh, presentation to give to a potential client in Hong Kong, right? If somebody in your team said, "I know," instead of all of us jumping on a plane, going over to Hong Kong, spending three days in a hotel, doing the dog and pony show, coming back again right? Why don't we do a whole thing on Zoom instead, right? You'd have been laughed out of the office, right? Now, in that that same example, the person who'd suggest to jump on a plane to go over to Hong Kong for three days would be the one who'd be laughed out of the office, right? Mm -hmm. So note the technology hasn't changed. Simply the context has changed. Right, so mm. I th- I think society doesn't change when it adopts new technologies. I think society only changes when it adopts new behaviours. Mm. And as mm-hmm. marketers, we can only develop as fast as society is developing. Right. Zoom was in the right place at the right time, but we were all using I don't know Skype, GoToMeeting. Um, uh, um, Webex, uh, I mean, we've, we've, there's a whole list of these ones, which were, you know, fit for purpose. There was nothing wrong with them, right? And, you know, if, if I was like Webex or uh, GoToMeeting or one of these other guys looking at Zoom share price, I'd, 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 be, I'd be kicking the cat. I mean, I wouldn't be a happy <laughs> person, right? Right. Um, so COVID gives us the opportunity to reimagine what marketing actually is. So we can get rid of all that crud that was holding us back and create customer experience that are more resonant, more resilient. And at the same time, us as marketers, we need to be more accountable along the way instead of hiding mm. behind the data, which I was talking about before, right? Mm-hmm.
This episode is brought to you by Board, a new app by Budget Bakers. Board helps small business owners like you and me manage our finances on the go. Board was built to be not only mobile friendly, but mobile first and is accessible anywhere on anything. I actually got to play around with the app and I can say that it was so much easier than the other bookkeeping software I've already been using. I am really excited to let you guys know all about this app. You can download it for free by heading to board.budgetbakers.com slash stop. That's board.budgetbakers.com slash stop. Because I think no matter what you're, what you're selling, whatever product or service you're selling, whatever industry, whatever category, at the beginning of that customer engagement, everybody is selling the same thing. We're mm-hmm. selling trust, right? Because if they don't trust you, they're not going to buy you. You can have the greatest widget in the world, right? But if I can something smell something little fishy, mm. you ain't getting my money. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of focusing on customer access, instead of focusing on customer attention, imagine if we focused on customer trust, customer advocacy, and even customer empathy. Mm. Because isn't empathy the a part of any valued relationship? Isn't empathy part of the road that we must travel? to truly understand the customer. I mean, how can you understand their problems, concerns, hopes, dreams, goals, unless you can empathize, right? Right. How can you create marketing that resonates at an emotional level, which is more in line with customers' expectations, Mm. unless you have empathy? I mean, that's what a partner actually is, right? Striving for connection at a emotional level and creating messages that resonate with the heart more than the head because that's how we buy right we buy emotionally and then we post rationalize that's the way we do it right if i'm if i'm going to the shop and i want to buy a pair of snazzy new shoes okay i'm a bit of a shoe person i have to say megan do do love my handmade italians right um I do. What can I say? All right. They sound lovely. Yes. So you go to the store and you see these shoes in the window and they're a ton of money and you're Mm -hmm. just, oh my God, stick a shot. No, 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 can't be done. Right. And then what do you do? You justify it to yourself. You say, yeah, yeah, but look, look how soft that leather is. Oh my goodness me. It's, it's as soft as a baby's tushy. Look how great this leather is. It's been handcrafted by old Italian men in this tiny little workshop on the outskirts of Turin, blah, 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 right? You buy into the brand's narrative. You love all of this stuff, right? And then you say, yeah, but look at the design. It's so classic. It's just going to go with so many different things that I wear. And look how well made it is. It's going to last so much longer than those cheap pairs of other shoes that I was going to get. So, you know, if I buy like three, four pairs of the other shoes, I've, I've basically spent what I'm going to spend on these ones. Right. And we have been working really hard and I deserve this. I need a treat. Right. Right. Right? So we buy, we buy here. Oh, you can't see it, but we buy here. We buy, we buy with the heart. Okay. Well, actually we don't even buy with the heart. We buy, we buy, I don't know how much you know about brain 
um, physiology, but do you, if you've heard about the amygdala, the most mm-hmm. primitive part of the brain, okay? Right. Some people call it the lizard brain. The lizard brain, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. right. So I contend that marketing should be less data-driven and more amygdala-driven. Mm. More emotional-driven, because that's how we buy. Afterwards, we post-rationalize. Right. It's interesting because the, the amygdala is a part of the brain. It's a very, it's the oldest part of the brain, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually understand speech because if you go, if you go back from an evolutionary perspective, um, you know, we didn't, you know, we're operating at a more primitive level. There wasn't speech in the way that you and I would refer to it, but, it, but it's involved in the fight or flight response. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 the thing that flashes that gives you that sinking feeling in your stomach when you think you've lost your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or if you think you're being, you get up and doing some public speaking, or there's something which puts you in a position which you're not particularly comfortable with. That feeling is your amygdala going, "Oh my God, we've got to get out of here. This is not good," right? Because it's, it's 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 interesting to note that when you speak to people and you say, "Well, you were going to buy this product, but then you changed your mind," or you were going to buy from this person and then you changed your mind, why did you change your mind? What they say is, "Well, yeah, it didn't feel right." So odd, odd choice of words, isn't it? Feel right. right. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. They aren't saying, well, I weighed up the pros and cons and I looked at the bar charts and the pie charts and I looked, you know, I did a nice pivot table on this Excel spreadsheet and I came. No, no, you didn't do any of that. You went with your gut. You went with your feeling. So as marketers, we need to tap into the feeling because that's what's driving everything. And data doesn't talk about, data doesn't do feeling, right? Right. <laughs> There is there is no rule. feeling algorithm in all of this stuff. Right. And this is where the disconnect lies. I've been talking a lot. Why don't you ask a question? <laughs> I'm taking it all in. And the thing that comes to mind is, one, this is all... I'm full of bullshit. So, yeah, I know. Go on. No, it's, you're so fucking <laughs> smart. It's, that's the worst. Like, it's painful how smart you are. But I want to talk about how to talk this in how to put this into actionable things for someone who is so fucking overwhelmed as an entrepreneur or a coach or you know if you have a small team and this is all resonating but you don't know what to do you don't know even where to start how to rebuild your marketing strategy how do you recommend people start taking this information in and turning it actionable well there is no magic bullet there is no Mm -hmm single solution there is no magic recipe there is no um elixir um <laughs> to drink um there is no yeah it, it doesn't exist it's totally different for every business for every size of business for every industry for every category and for every budget and also it depends on the prospect uh, protracted business result over a specific time frame so let me um, expand on that. So from yeah. 
our perspective as an agency, if we're looking to onboard a new client, which is actually pr- quite hard um, because we actually turn down about 70% of the inquiries that we get, um, number one, because I don't like people. No, it's not true, but uh, we, <laughs> we, 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 turn down, we turn down a lot. So basically there, there, are, there are three elements three legs to the stool, right? There's the business result, the business result that you're looking to achieve, the time frame that you need to achieve that result, and the budget that you can apportion to it. Mm. Quite often, a business owner comes up short on at least one of those three legs of the stool. And I think you can guess which one is the most prevalent yes yes that doesn't take a mensa member to work it out does it megan really mm-hmm. well so, now i hope i got it yeah. right that's a lot of pressure i'm gonna say budget uh, yeah you're right okay you win yay okay good All yay right. you win yeah you i tell you what you 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 win friday that's what you win oh, fucking right there you go so, yeah. So, if if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, if you're a small business owner, and you don't have the marketing uh, creds within the organisation, it's very difficult to be able to sort out the wood for the trees. Because, like I mentioned before, mm. you're looking at everything far too closely to be able to see the wood for the trees. What I'd suggest is you start with your customers, existing Mm. customers. If you can get hold of um, customers that didn't buy from you, they can and are quite willing to speak with you without screaming expletives at you, um, they can uh, often offer the, the greatest insights because what usually happens in these sorts of situations is that what you think you're selling is not what they think they're buying. Mm. And that's where the disconnect starts at a very grassroots level. And it's spending time listening to how they describe, how they the, articulate the problem that they think, thought, your product or service solves and using that as the basis of your messaging, positioning, lead generation uh, work moving forward. Mm. Also, aligned with that, it's being able to be distinctive in your market category. So if, like pretty much every business, you have a great deal of competition, you need to stand out. And there are many uh, business owners or marketing managers who are just too darn scared to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every, everybody, everybody wants a single, but nobody wants to buy the album. So they what, what they end up doing is going half at it 
and just mm. falling between two stools, right? It's it's all or nothing, right? You can't be half pregnant, right? It's 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 a it's a binary position, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, so as as part of this messaging, as part of this positioning stuff, it's about finding a a particular dimension where you can be totally irrational from the point of the mm. consumer. It, that where, where nothing makes sense, where it's just totally bizarre, okay? Now, I've got loads of examples of that in Europe, which none of you have got to have heard of. The only one I can think of that comes from the top of my head in the States is the Geico lizard, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a lizard or a chameleon? I don't know. I think he's a gecko. Gecko gecko. Yes. Right. So apart apart from Geico sounding a little bit like gecko, especially if you've had too much beer. <laughs> right? What on earth does an amphibian have to do with an insurance company? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. But it's one particular measurement dimension that that organization uses to stand out and differentiate from its competition, right? Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any sense, but it works. And you can find examples of that in any industry. And it's only by standing out, in, in fact, by, by blending in, that's far more risky than being scared you're going to alienate some of your target market by standing out. I think, and to your point, just specifically with Geico, talking about, you know, they've had the Gecko, but they've had so many different versions of their marketing strategy. And I think a really good example of catching lightning in a bottle like this is with their cavemen. I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago, like they had two cavemen that were talking about insurance. And for some reason, it went off like gangbusters to the point that, that they started doing a caveman sitcom, like an, a 30 minute long sitcom that bombed. It bombed spectacularly. And so just thinking about like irrationality and how nothing ever makes sense, like this marketing with this caveman worked so well, but then they tried to take it to something else and it bombed spectacularly. There's no like algorithm that says that, well, statistically this would happen. It just, that's just how it worked. Right. Because there was no punchline. There was no hook. Right. 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 For for marketing to be remembered, to have any saliency, there Mm -hmm. needs to be, a, a a hook there needs to be some kind of visual textual audio whatever disconnect mm. and to you know we, we'll we'll tolerate marketing if it educates us entertains us um informs us um and so you know the caveman ads went gangbusters because okay if I've got to tolerate an ad, I'll tolerate a caveman ad, right? right. Mm-hmm. But once you separate the ad bit from the caveman bit, the 
irrational dimension is gone, right? Right. When it was caveman's Geico talking with with cavemen, it made sense, kind of. Where it made more sense because of the nonsensicalness of it. I've just made that word up, by the way. Nonsensicalness. <laughs> do you see what I mean? You, 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 I you, do. You've, you've separate. You, you've basically you've. Put, it's it's like any joke. You've pulled apart the joke to explain it, and now it's not funny anymore. I'd love to talk about the top of your head. What has been your favorite marketing campaign? Head. That I, the top of your head is lovely, by it's, the way. Thank you. Literally. Yeah, thank it is. You. Yeah. What has been your favorite marketing campaign? Not necessarily one that you've done, just one that you've seen like, holy shit, that is brilliant. I think, you know, w w with all that I've said about how so much marketing is shit, Right. Yeah. I think the the ones that stand out stand out even more. Okay. I think mm -hmm. some of the work that um, always have done over the years has been great. Mm -hmm. I think some of the work that Wrigley has done over the years has been great. I think some of the work that um, Audi, the car manufacturer has done mm -hmm. those, those, those guys that those are, I can't remember which agency they use, but some of the ads for Audi have just been absolutely jaw droppingly awesome. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know from a, I'm looking at it with a marketing hat on with an advertising hat on. Right. So yeah. it, it's, it's, it's tainted Guinness, you know, that, 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 that's another one, which, which has done some amazing stuff. You know, I, I even liked some of the more, um, daring work that Burger King has done over the years, especially hmm. in, the, in the recent years, right? I, I mean, they've really pushed stuff out. KFC uh, uh, too. Um, they, they've really tested and questioned our assumptions about what advertising is, mm. which I think is very healthy. Mm -hmm. um, that again it's it's very difficult to give you examples because it's i need to give you examples which are sort of uh globally relevant and, sure and quite sure and quite often you know especially at an agency level they're they're marked by territory so it's it's mm. it's it's very different but um you know if if you go on youtube and you look at some of the audi ads from from the past there's there's, there's one called clown which i think is absolute genius um that that's the one that just comes to the top of my head um because you know we, we we didn't prepare any of this megan did you you need, no. to, you need <laughs> to tell them this we did not prepare any of this so you oh, they're, me they're the well heart. aware that, that i i i am unprepared for everything they're well aware of that okay. by now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, those are the ones that stand out. Most. But there are, you know, there are plenty of examples at a, at a small business level as, mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. nothing to do with us. Um, right. I've got a call with a company in Asia next week. Oh, I can't say too much about it. It's, it's still a bit secret squirrel. But what they're doing and the products that they have, which they're about to launch and, you know, we're, we're pitching for the account – is absolutely stunning and yeah. i don't just i don't just want to have them as a client i want to work for these guys right 
it's unbelievably sexy stuff that these are doing and it's a it's it's a it's a cultural and a social um revolution of what these guys are doing um and they're looking at us to help them uh launch in north america oh lovely and i'd love to I, i'd love to tell you all about it but I'll have to kill you. Well, but it doesn't really well, help. You'll have to then, just, then no, no more podcasts. You'll come back what on. You'll come oh, back okay. on. Oh, okay. You're going to have me on again. Then, oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, and then I'll be alive, and that's Garden, the best part of Garden all. for punishment. Good grief. <laughs> May I tell you my favorite campaign of all time? Tell me your favorite campaign of all time. The Blair Witch Project. Ooh, Do you remember that movie? Yeah. I loved it because it was cheap. It was very um, just ahead of its time with the use of the internet and websites and things like that. And it's nearly impossible to replicate that ever again. Right place, right time. Yeah. And having, having somebody with the forethought and foresight to bring all those seen as disparate channels together because that's how consumers work right right you know the 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 reason why i buy a can of coke which i don't because i you know i'm I'm not a coca-cola person but i love you coca-cola love you pepsi but (laughs) the reason why i the reason why i buy a can of coke today is not because of the ad i saw yesterday or the ad that I saw in the bus shelter last week. The reason why I buy a can of Coke is for the ads that I've seen for the last 20 years. Right. Right. The Santa Claus and the polar bears or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Or, you know, I'm old enough to remember. I like to teach the world to sing, right? Like to buy the world a Coke, right? Mm -hmm. That's how old I am. So it's, it's taking those channels. The point is we remember those ads on TV, but we also see them, you know, on on the metro, on the bus, right. as pop-ups, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, various other places. And it's, you know, it's not doubling down on one particular channel. Mm. Um, it's about being on the relevant channels, right? You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? If you're right. selling into a B2B space... Um, and you're selling some really complicated uh, widget-making machine, right? Just because you know that the chief widget-making machine buyer happens to be on Facebook, it doesn't necessarily follow that he or she wants to see an ad for your widget-making machine in their Facebook timeline. Right. Right? So you need to be where customers expect you to be. Right, it's you know, it's just like all of these people. You know, we when we do audits for people, and they, you know, they they've subscribed to like twenty seven social media channels, and it's like why? <laughs> and you're posting and you're posting the same crap to all of them, like once every three months, and it's like, well, how's that working for you? As if I didn't know. Right. <laughs> well, I think that that is the perfect segue talking about audits. G, when do you recommend? people start coming to you for help and what kind of work should they do ahead of time? They need to come to me right now. 
Megan, right this very Yesterday. second. Okay? The, as, as soon as soon as they finish this podcast they need to stop everything they don't even have time to go to the bathroom they need to mm. get in touch with us instantly every second <laughs> counts you know you snooze you lose that's what they say right no seriously um talk talking is free right what we need to do is understand the business problem the prob the issue with many businesses is they don't have a a sufficiently granular business plan to be able to know what doesn't work, mm. right? So they're, they're, they're sort of a bit like a pinball in a pinball machine and they're bouncing mm. around and hoping that, you know, they'll they'll get to where they want to get to, but at the end of the day, they, they, they don't really know. They don't really have that level of transparency and granularity, which is why we insist on them. Ha- we insist on seeing a business plan before we accept any client, mm. because if I can't if I can't see a sustainable business there, I don't want you as a client. Because when it all goes, Mamre's it's vertical, yes. right? You said it. I didn't. Right? You I can did. Say it, I right? said it. Yes. Okay, you did. Yeah. <laughs> right. When it all, when it all goes to shit, I don't want to get the blame. Mm. Right? Because I will. They'll throw, they'll throw us under the bus, right? So this is why I need to see a business plan because I need to see that the level of marketing that they're telling me they can afford is legitimately sustainable for the business. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, all they're doing is looking over their shoulder every month about how much we're costing them rather than getting on with the business side of things, Right. Mm-hmm. And we're not the cheapest in town. And I'm very proud of that because I don't want to be the cheapest in town. Mm. But just like the McKinsey, I mean, we, we, we have like three rules that you can see on our website, which I've ripped off from McKinsey. And I, I, I hold my hand up. I even say it on the website, right? And, and the, the big one, the McKinsey one that I love, is that if we can't bring – more value to the business than the business is actually paying to us, then we walk away. We're just not interested in looking at that opportunity. Okay. Mm -hmm. A good marketing agent, say, shouldn't cost you a dime. A good marketing agency shouldn't cost you any money. A good marketing agency should be making you money, right? Mm -hmm. It's like an accountant, right? You, you You can get the... um the strip mall accountants, or you can get a good accountant, right? Um, And a good accountant earns his or her money by saving you money, usually more than you're actually paying them. And that's that's the sort of relationship that you want to have with a provider for your business because, you know, there has to be some longevity in the relationship, right? And... Right. If the whole thing is transient, then you're reinventing yourself every whatever period of time to get so- somebody new on board. I agree. I completely agree. And I love that you are so open with, we're here to help you make money. And that's why we're going to charge you because you were going to make so help. much money with us. It makes sense. Help me to help you is what the guy That's says. Right. right. Help me That's to right. help you. Right. 
gee, if people have more questions, which I'm sure they will, and they're going to want to hear which marketing gurus you hate, how can they get in touch with you? <laughs> um, you can Google me. Um, but the easiest way you can, you can find me on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Kexino, K-E-X-I-N-O. You can go to the website, which is Kexino.com, K-E-X-I-N-O. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and, um, yeah, uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is another good one that you can find us. Um, and get in touch and, and, and we'll have a chat. And if I can help, let's help. If doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it'll in, incur any money, incur any engagement or whatever else. But if you have any questions, you just need to have a soundbite, some tips, whatever else, I'm here to help. Because like I said, we're all small businesses. We, we, need, we need to scratch each other's backs. And is there anything we haven't covered that you want people to know before we go? Absolutely nothing. We've done an absolutely jaw-droppingly <laughs> awesome job. Thank you, G. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. Hey guys, one more thing before you go. Could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode? It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review, I would really appreciate it.